0: You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at WeddingtonChurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 5, looking at verse 15 and 16. Luke... Chapter 5, beginning of verse 15, where Luke writes, But now, more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases. But he would withdraw to deserted places and pray. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to worship you together. God, we give you thanks for your holy word and the privilege of studying it as your church. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. So I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Relationships require time. It is what it is. That is the reality. It's just the fact. Genuine relationships, real relationships, deep relationships require time. And we know it. When we're trying to date someone, when we find that person that we love and we want to get to know them better, the person that we're interested in first, then we try to find some time to be with that person. We want to get to know them. We want to build a relationship with them. We need to be together. We find ways to talk on the phone together, to FaceTime together, and we then search our calendars. We'll move whatever we need to move to find time to be together. Why? Because we know, we know that to have a genuine relationship, to build a relationship, it will require time. Gary Chapman, as we've been sharing over the last couple of weeks and for the next couple, wrote a book years ago called The Five Love Languages. And in The Five Love Languages, he shares that we give love and we receive love differently. We're not all the same. And that there are five love languages that seem to be dominant. Now we like them all five, but there tends to be one that will speak to us more than some of the others. And the point of the book is that when we're in relationship with someone, we need to know their language so that we can express love to them in the way that they receive it best. Languages like words of affirmation. I love you. I'm proud of you. Great job. I am so happy or proud that I'm your father or your mother. Words of affirmation, they, they for some people, can, can just go miles in the relationship. For others, it's gifts. It, it can be a big thing or a little thing. It really is the thought that counts. Even when I'm not with you, I was thinking of you. And I picked this up for you. Gifts, quality time. Sharing life together, so important. Acts of service, if you love me, show me, help me. You can make my life easier by helping me with this or with that. It's an act of service. And for others, it's touch. Being in such close proximity together that we can literally feel one another's presence with us. Our languages are different The love language I have, the love language my wife has, they're different languages. It doesn't make one right or wrong. They're different. And the important thing is to learn what is the language of my spouse, my children, the people that I care about. How can I best show them that I love them? but it also impacts our relationship with God. One of the things we're looking at during these five Sundays of Lent are the five love languages and how God expresses his love to us using all these different languages and how we can express our love to God using the different languages as well. It's a sacred time. Gary Chapman talks about quality time. And what is the love language of quality time? What does that even mean? And he defines quality time as giving someone your undivided attention. Quality time is giving someone your undivided attention. Now, when we're dating, as I mentioned earlier, we can't wait to find time to be together and spend quality time together, and that undivided attention. It is interesting as relationships go on, however, we can begin to take each other a little bit for granted. We can get sidetracked, we get busy, and pretty soon the relationship and the quality time can begin to wane. For example, there's an old saying that you can go into a restaurant and tell who's dating and who's married. The people who are dating are talking to each other. The people who are married are eating. Well, that may or may not necessarily be true, but sometime when you're out at a restaurant, just look around. It wasn't that long ago that Nancy and I were together having dinner and we were looking around, and there was a family nearby. It was five people, the mom and dad, three kids, of various ages. All five, all five had out their phones looking at their screens. They didn't even have to be at the same table. They didn't have to be in the same room. They may have been in proximity with each other. They were not together. It's interesting how our quality time seems to to be questioned nowadays. I remember one time we were riding down the road. My daughter was younger. She was uh, in her late teens, maybe even early 20s in college. And and I glanced at my phone as we were talking and, and she said something to the effect of spending time with those who are away from you and ignoring the people you're with, question mark. Well, she lived to regret that because later every time she'd pick up her phone, I'd go, oh, spending the time with the people you're away from and ignoring the people you're with. But how often do we do that? We have the people we love the most right around us. We spend our time with the people who aren't even near us. And sometimes we spend our time looking and following people that wouldn't even know us while ignoring the people we love the most. We are together, but we're busy. We are together, but we're distracted. We're together but we're not together. So we have to be intentional about quality time. I've shared with you before that it came real to me years ago when I was at my previous church, we were building the new sanctuary, education building, changing the whole campus, doing a whole big renovation. It was a a fun, wonderful project, but one day the phone on my desk rang. It wasn't my cell phone, it was my desk phone. And I pick it up and it's my wife. And I'm thinking, why didn't you call me on my cell phone? And she said, do I need to call your assistant to get on your calendar? Well, it was a phone call that we needed to have. It was a conversation that was important because we can get so busy that all of a sudden, the people that we love the most, the people that we said, for better, for worse, rich or poor, sickness and health, or those children, when we receive them in our arms, we go, oh, I will give my life for you. But will I get my time for you? It was important. Came home, we had a very good conversation. And ever since that day, if you look at my calendar, even today, you will see that there are certain nights of the week uh, that's blocked off for family. And it's coded in green on my calendar. The category category is, is green. So that when I glance at my calendar and I see all the blue that's the Weddington Church stuff, there will be some pops of green to remind me you've got to take time for your family. That's a priority. And I would like to just share with you, and that is that it is okay for you if somebody says, are you able to do this? It's okay for you to be able to go, I cannot do that on Thursday night. I have a prior commitment. It is okay for your family. It's okay for your wife or your husband. It's okay for your children to be your prior commitment because they really are your prior commitment. And you have to plan those times. It's so important. One of the things I try to get couples to promise me when we're doing their premarital counseling is that you will date for the rest of your life. When I'm doing marriage counseling with families, one of the things that I ask, when's the last time you had a date? Oh, I can't remember the last time we had a date. You have to plan those times. And if we say we are so busy that I just can't seem to find the time, we all know deep down that's not true because if you just met each other for the first time and there was a spark, you would move heaven and earth to make sure you could find time to be together. It's not that we don't have it, It's that we choose not to use it that way. It's not that we don't have it. It's that we choose not to use it. It's important. It's important that we have quality time, one-to-one time with each of our kids as well. That we spend time together as a family. Sometimes I, I hear parents of older teens going, my kids don't talk to me. And one of my questions is often, have they ever... Are we waiting till they're older to try to start developing a relationship where we have conversation, or do we start when they're younger with those quality time so that when we need to talk, we know how to talk? Gary Chapman, again in his book, says that a central aspect of quality time is togetherness. And then he wrote this sentence that I thought was so powerful and that is he said some husbands and wives think that they're spending quality time together when in reality they're only living in close proximity. I hear that again. Some husband and wives or relationships, parents and children. Some husband and wives think they're spending time together when in reality They're only living in close proximity. Quality time is that undivided attention that you're willing to share on another. There are other things that you can do. I mean, I, I don't want you to think that quality time is when you have to sit on the couch and look in each other's eyes, see who's the first one to blink. Or every time you sit down, it has to be a Dr. Phil moment. How's that working for you? Now, it's deeper than that. You can be working in the yard together. You can be taking a walk together. You can be doing a lot of things together. The question is, is the priority, is the focus on the activity or on the person that you're with? That's how you know whether it's quality time or proximity time. And God wants quality time with you as well, because God is looking from you or for you to have a relationship with him and not a religion. And so many people, we have a religion. We talk about we have a spirituality, but God is looking for a relationship with us. A genuine relationship, as we just said, takes and requires quality time. So did you hear what was happening in in Luke chapter 5, the scripture that we just read? Jesus had just performed a miracle that blew everyone's mind. Clearly, this is a man from God. This is unusual. This is incredible. And all of a sudden, crowds of people are coming to Jesus. He could not be busier. And I want you to catch that. Jesus could not be more busy because crowds. Now more than ever, Luke says, more than ever, the crowds of people are coming to Jesus, bringing their needs, bringing their family, bringing their friends, bringing others that need to be touched. And Jesus would still slide away and go to a quiet place to pray. In other words, it's kind of hard to say, I'm just too busy to find that kind of quality time when Jesus couldn't have been more busy. Now more than ever, he was busy. And yet, the relationship was so vital that he would step away. And when God created us, just read Genesis 1, 2, and 3. When you read the scripture, you will see that God created us to be in relationship, and God walked in the garden each day to be with the Adam, the human being, with Adam and Eve, because he was looking for a relationship. And that's how they knew to hide, is because here's God walking through the garden again, because we have a relationship. And notice how many times God reminds us from Genesis to Revelation that he's with us. God said to Jacob in Genesis 28, 15, Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. When God called Moses in Exodus 3, looking at verse 11, he said, But, God, but Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And he, meaning God, said, I will be with you. We're in this together. This is a relationship. This is not something I'm asking you to do on your own. When God called Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And Jesus, His very last words to us, In the gospel according to Matthew, as Jesus is ascending into heaven, He gives the great commission to go and make disciples. But then remember the last thing Jesus said. The last thing, according to Matthew, is Jesus says, and remember, I am with you always. Relationships require truly being together. It's why then when you read John 15 verse 4, Jesus says to the disciples and he says to you and to me, the church, he says, abide in me. That's an intimacy. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There is an intimacy There, And as we walk with this Jesus to the cross, He had another name. Do you remember the other name of Jesus? If you go back to Matthew chapter 1 and you hear the birth story, the birth announcement. In Matthew 1 verse 23, the scripture says, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name Him Emmanuel, which means... God is with us. That word Emmanuel, the name of the Christ child, the name of the one on the cross is God is with us because God desired an intimate relationship and came to live among us. Gary Chapman, in a different book, writes this. He said, The idea that the eternal God desires to spend quality time with his creatures is one aspect of faith unique to Christianity. The gods who've been created by the imagination of human minds have always been far removed from people's daily lives. It's the God that's just out there. The gods of the ancient Greek and Roman myths had to be placated or feared. The idea of having a close personal relationship with those deities did not exist. The idea that the eternal God desires to spend quality time with his creatures is one aspect of faith unique to Christianity. You have a God who desires quality time with you. But what does our quality time with God then look like? I mean, if quality time is our primary language, it may seem easy. My primary language is quality time. It just, I can pray to God for hours. I can read the Bible for hours. But if quality time is not our primary relationship, our primary language, relationships still require time. It may not be quality time is not my primary love language. I love quality time with the people I, I, I love, but it's not my primary language but it's still important. I still need it. I still need to be around the people I love and same with God. And we do so with prayer. We spend quality time with God reading the Bible when we have Bible study. And then during the week, we spend some time Reading the Bible, it gives God the chance to speak to us. It's quality time with God. When we join together for worship, like you're doing right now, this is quality time, can be quality time with God, where we're spending that time focused on God and, and we're giving God our undivided attention. Bible study, when we join together with others to study God's Word and to grow in the faith, is again that opportunity of spending some quality time with God. But the question becomes, back to Chapman's earlier statement, are we spending quality time with God or are we only living in close proximity with God? Now, It's important to remember that not all of our love languages are the same and we have to be careful that we don't try not to get everybody else to love and worship and show their love for God the way we do we're unique. All of us are unique. And our love languages may be different. There are some people whose love language is quality time. They can pray for hours. It's not my primary love language. And I love to pray, but I pray throughout the day. It's not just that continuous four hours conversation. Now, I can go on a walk and be walking for 45 minutes or an hour, and I can spend some great conversation with God in those moments. But I'm going to confess something to you, and maybe I shouldn't as a pastor, especially when it's recorded and can be played again. But I've always felt guilty when we would have, or the various churches I would serve would come together and they wanted to have a a prayer service and we're going to spend an hour, hour and a half, however long, just in prayer time together. And since that wasn't my primary language, and I think I'm a little ADD, all of a sudden that would become a miserable experience for me. It was Not something that I really enjoyed. I love quality time with God. I love talking to God. I love taking a walk with God. I don't necessarily need to be around while others are talking to God for hours. But that's just me. I love the fact that for others, that fills their soul. And that's the thing we have to be careful about, is the way that you express love and receive love from God or to God may be different than the way others do. And we can celebrate that. But the key thing is, quality time is vital in every relationship, and God desires quality time with you. I think James knew that in James chapter 4, verse 8, when he said, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. And then one of my favorite scenes in the Bible is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Now try to picture this in your mind. It's a visual thing I think you have to see. But Jesus says, listen, I am standing at the door knocking. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. Do you hear what Jesus just said? I'm standing at the door knocking because I really want to spend some time with you. I want a relationship with you. And if you'll open the door, I'll come in and eat with you. And in biblical times, eating together was a sacred event that said, I accept you, I cherish you, we have a relationship and a bond together. I'll eat with you, Jesus said, and you with me. Chapman's paragraph or sentence, some husbands and wives think they're spending time together when in reality they're only living in close proximity As we are in this season of Lent walking with Jesus to the cross, and we're thinking about the five love languages, and today thinking about quality time and our time with God as we walk together on this journey, I invite you to spend some time pondering Am I experiencing, do I have, do I plan for quality time with God? Or am I only living in close proximity? One is a relationship. The other is an an acquaintance. And God wants a genuine relationship with you. Because God so loves you. Will you pray with me? God, we're so grateful for your incredible love for us. And we're amazed at how you're willing to leave the glory of heaven to spend time with us. You even came to live among us and you let us know it with the name Emmanuel. God right here with us. Time together, sharing life together And you gave undivided attention to us. And you still do. I am with you always. God, we are your church. We're your people. God, we desire to be your Christians. And so, God, we pray that we'll spend quality time with you. Help us to figure out what that looks like for each one of us individually. But how do we spend time in conversation with you? How do we spend time in undivided attention with you? How do we spend time hearing from you and your word? How can we worship you together? How can we study your word together? God, teach us and help us to plan and make a priority in our lives. Quality time, undivided attention with you. For you... Provide undivided attention constantly with us. And we are grateful in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.